Thank you for joining us for this episode of Turf Dudes, brought to you by Harrell's. This is your host, Jack Harrell III. Our Turf Dudes are reaching out to industry leaders and game changers to discuss what they're seeing out there. Topics focus on turf health, nutrition, control solutions, and the latest in academic research. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music or tune in directly at www.turfdudes.com. Send us your request to at TurfDudes on Twitter or by email to TurfDudes at Heralds.com. TurfDudes is spelled T-U-R-P-H-D-U-D-E-S. In today's episode, Dr. Raymond Snyder and Jason Frank discuss Nematode Management 101 with Dr. Billy Crow, nematologist from the University of Florida. All right, welcome to this special edition of Harold's Turf Dudes podcast. My name is Raymond Snyder, and we have a really uh, neat opportunity here. With, we're with uh, in Citra, the University of Florida in Citra, with Dr. Crow, nematologist at the University of Florida, specializes in turf, amongst other things. Uh, we also have with us Jason Frank. He's the sales director for the Florida region. And gentlemen, thanks for having us. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Sure. All right, well, neat, a lot of neat things happening associated with nematodes and turf, some new exciting uh, chemistries available, some additional management tools. And uh, so we, we wanted to get Dr. Crow's experience, perspective, what he's seeing in the industry and get his thoughts on best to utilize these these different strategies. Uh, in, the, in the past, uh, uh, we haven't had a lot of uh, different types of products uh, in the most recent recent past, I guess one might say. And so there's, there's some neat things uh, for guys to utilize here. Uh, Dr. Crow, uh, again, thanks for being with us, and uh, give us your perspective on on where we're at uh, nematode control wise. Well, I, I think uh, going back, you know, when I started my career 20 years ago, uh, we had uh, Nemacure, and uh, people used Nemacure a lot, whether they needed to or not. Sometimes, <laughs> and uh, you know, with uh, Nemacure, uh, of course, it was a very hazardous material. Uh, one thing I really do feel good about, I tell my students, the stuff we're testing now is over a thousand times safer than the stuff we, that, I worked with when I was a graduate That's a positive. Student. So that's definitely a positive. Uh, now, uh, one of the things that Nemecure did is it had activity in all the major types of nematodes that we dealt with in turf. And with our uh, new chemistries, uh, they can uh, work as well or even better than Nemecure on certain nematodes, but I don't think any of them are quite as versatile as far as their broad spectrum of activity. So uh, that's why uh, it's important we have different chemistries because some work better on some nematodes than others. So which nematode species in turf should we be the most concerned about? Or is there one that we should try to, to have heightened awareness associated with it? Well, the three uh, predominant ones we have on Bermuda grasses, yep. okay, are, uh, of course, sting nematode is the most directly damaging. Uh, it uh, lives in the soil, and so uh, you can uh, kill that one with uh, either you know, contact or systemic uh, chemistries because it spends its whole life out in the soil. It uh, tends to, uh, during the winter time, it'll move up, uh, up, up more uh, close to the surface of the soil, and then the summertime it moves down deep because it doesn't seem to like the heat in the summertime. So it, it responds to the heat. It does. And so it moves uh, up in the winter and, and down deep, a little bit deeper in the soil in the summertime. Uh, so uh, as a consequence, uh, when you're 
trying to use a nematocyte for that particular nematode, spring and fall applications tend to work better, or even winter applications if you're in South Florida, mm -hmm. where it's cooler and the nematode's up higher up in the soil profile where it's easier to get to. Uh, summer treatments are less effective on that nematode because it goes down deeper in the soil where it's harder to get things down okay. to. And also it's doing less damage at that point because it's kind of just hanging out down there until conditions become more favorable. Um, lance nematodes are not as damaging as sting nematodes, but they are by far and away the most difficult nematodes to manage. Uh, they move in and out of roots, and so... Uh, if you're using a contact treatment, you can get ones in the soil, but ones in the roots you're not going to be able to uh, to, you know, to kill. It moves in and out constantly. Uh, it uh, some of the new nematicides don't work. Uh, doesn't don't have, really have much efficacy on that nematode. And so uh, as we're getting some things that are better for controlling some of the other nematodes, lance nematodes are becoming more and more of a problem because they're not as easily managed with our current chemistries. Uh, Nemecure worked really good on lance nematode because mm -hmm. it was systemic, but uh, none of the new chemistries are work as well on that one. So that's, I think, our biggest uh, weakness right now with our nematicide portfolios is, is control of lance Controlling nematode. lance, yeah. Uh, root knot nematodes are, uh, you know, very, can be very problematic, especially on putting greens, especially on ultra dwarfs. Uh, we're finding a lot more problems with that on tiff eagle and champion and Mini verdi and these ultra dwarfs. Uh, so um, those uh, nematodes uh, tend to uh, stay up in the upper portion of the soil profile and up in the thatch. And so uh, to effectively control that nematode, you actually want something that's going to hang up in thatch and stay there. And that is why abamectin products work really well on, on that nematode because it binds up in thatch where that nematode stays. Well, let me ask you this question. A lot of our users probably submit samples for nematode evaluations mm -hmm. and then they get counts how hung up should we be on counts and and what do those thresholds mean in terms of what somebody is is provided in those analyses okay so uh, you got to remember these are kind of general guidelines okay so uh, and uh, even on one course you know, one green is, is a different environment than another green, okay? So a certain number of nematodes are going to cause you know, different levels of damage from spot to spot. Even on the same green, mm -hmm. you know, you can have different uh, your areas with different stresses, and so the more stress the grass is under, the less nematodes it can tolerate. Uh, that being said, we have, uh, you know, we have these you know, ranges, so we categorize, categorize into low, moderate, or high risk. You'll never hear me say no risk, right? Right. Because <laughs> uh, you know, even very very low numbers, if you have you know uh, weird things going on, can cause damage. Uh, so um, you know, I think uh, these are kind of uh, to help guide you into yeah, nematodes may or may not be a problem, and then determining which ones you're dealing with. Because uh, like I mentioned, different nematicides are going to work better on different nematodes, and so if I know that. For example, uh, let's say you know root knot nematodes are my major nematode problem. I can target treating that nematode, mm -hmm. and then, uh, then follow up later and see if that's you know there's, there's other nematodes I need to be looking at, but uh, or sting nematode or whatever. So it's more selecting the right product for the nematode you're trying to manage. Uh, people do get caught up on these numbers. Uh, you know, I, I get quite a few. Uh, uh, calls and emails from people. Hey, you know, I had 
you know, uh, 30 sting nematodes, and I put all this nematicide, and I still have 30 sting nematodes. And uh, what you want to look for is the grass, does it look better, or my roots better? And, and if, you're, if you're trying to evaluate whether your treatment's uh, working, look at your grass, look at your roots, as opposed to necessarily nematode counts. Because um, if I've got 30 sting nematodes and my roots are an inch deep, uh, that uh, is is really problematic. If I've got 30 sting nematodes and my roots are four inches deep, right. that's not bad. So, um, so you got to put them in perspective with the overall picture of what you're observing right. on the surface, and also looking at the root health, the color of the roots, the the length of the roots, mm -hmm. root hairs, and all that type Correct. of things. Yeah, and so you know, it's not just numbers. Gotcha. You know, that, that's just one one piece that superintendents need to be looking at as far as evaluating. Uh, you know, what's going on, whether a nematicide's working, or, you know, if they should treat or not. You know, if uh, you're in the moderate risk category, and, okay, and you think, well, I've got my grasses doing really well, you may want to hold off. Or, you know, I know that, uh, you know, these areas are going to be under stress later in the year, I may want to go ahead and treat them. Uh, so I go into that stress period with a good, good root system, so. Let me ask you this question associated with counts. Which... Which would you rather have? Which scenario would you feel is is a better situation for turf health? High sting count, low lance count, or low sting count and high lance count? Because we're beginning to see an emerging mm -hmm. trend where we're really impacting the sting population. Mm -hmm. And then the lance population is so-called increasing into the 100, 200 type of range. So what do you feel about those okay. two Gen situations? Generally, generally uh, okay, in order for populations to get real high, you must have some roots, okay? Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and now sting nematode is probably the easiest to figure out what's going on because it directly, you know, damages roots. And uh, so with lance nematodes, uh, I'd say our thresholds are a lot less accurate as far, because again, you got nematodes inside roots, mm -hmm. nematodes out in the soil. Uh, but uh, if you've if you've got a good root system, okay, you may not want to worry about those nematode lens nematode counts so much. Gotcha. But they do tell you you need to be watching this because they can, uh, you know. Uh, can cause root loss. They can predispose grass to having you know, fungal pathogens and things. So uh, they're a concern, but uh, something to watch. But I wouldn't get panicked if I've got healthy roots and a lot of lance nematodes. So, so I have a question on, uh, you mentioned that sting nematodes are more prevalent near the surface in the uh, fall, winter, and spring months, mm -hmm. or in the cooler temps. Is there a seasonality with root knot and lance, or, or times of year they're more prevalent? Um, well, with with uh, lance nematodes, it's harder to to follow that, okay. But with root knot nematodes, they tend to like high temperatures, okay. and so generally your populations will really in increase. And the hotter it gets, the more that nematode reproduces. The more summertime yes. applications to address right. the root knot, okay. And, and that that's where you typically, uh, you know, you see for sting nematodes, I recommend spring fall applications of, of nematicides. Where if you're trying to manage root knot nematodes, generally you're talking about a summer okay. program. And then lance are likely throughout that entire range. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you had, so you brought up a, an interesting point that I'm uh, curious about in terms of 
nematode analyses. You mentioned some nematodes are in the roots, some are outside the roots, some are migrating back and forth between the root solution and the root. Mm -hmm. And uh, does, does the University of Florida have a nematode assay technique that allows us to see the whole picture associated with what's going on with those populations? Well, we have two uh, diagnostic procedures. The, the traditional soil extraction uh, is the most common thing people do, and that gives kind of a snapshot of what all's going on. So you extract sting nematodes, and lance nematodes are in the soil, root knot juveniles that are in the soil, ring nematodes, all these other ones. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, uh, for the uh, uh, root knot nematodes, now we have the new uh, uh, mist extraction we use uh, where we extract nematodes from turf plugs. And I've got YouTube videos showing how to take those if you haven't seen those, but uh, uh, it's a kind of a different procedure for what, what we're collecting and how they're handled. And, and uh, so, uh, yes, yeah, so we got those two diagnostic procedures. Is that something they should ask for on the 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 submittal form, the submission yeah, form. Yeah, no, we have we have new forms. Okay, so okay. now, uh, whereas in the past we had just one diagnostic form, now we have a special turf diagnostic form, and where you can select if you want soil extraction, mist extraction, or both. All right. And so uh, you want to make sure you now, of course, if you're getting for uh, 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 mist extraction, you want to take the sample a little bit different than if you're doing it for soil. So you kind of kind of can know what your Wanting to do it's a different sampling technique correct. for each of those two ana correct. analyses. Right. Okay. Okay. Excellent. All right. So we've talked about different types of populations and, and how they're impacted uh, by the different control measures. Uh, give us give us your your thoughts on where we are with control. What are we using? What should the strategy be? How is that emerging? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there's. There's, there are some new options out there that are good, and you mm -hmm. mentioned how much lower the, I guess, toxicity is mm -hmm. relative to what we've had in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, what's, what in your research and your observation, what's emerging as, as a good uh, management strategy for these things? Well, well two things. Uh, well, one, one is I think it's going to be important to rotate our chemistries, and uh, yeah, I think uh, you know. Uh, if you look at our uh, the main nematicides that uh, are ones that uh, I'm going to recommend just based upon my research experience and the consistency of these products on certain nematodes uh, are going to be uh, you know uh, uh, indemnify mm -hmm. divinim and uh, nimitz are the three that I've had uh, pretty consistent uh, results with. Okay, so uh, all three of those uh, chemistries. Uh, uh, they, they each work better on some nematodes than others, and so you can cause shifts of populations like we talked about, why we have to see more lance nematodes now, for example. Uh, the other thing is worrying about resistance, okay? Uh, fluopyram, which is the active ingredient in indemnify, is also you know, fungicide, and you have to worry not only about uh, nematodes developing resistance, but also developing resistance in uh, uh, fungi mm -hmm. for... Uh, you know, uh, fungicides in that same chemistry yep. class. So you can definitely worry about overusing these things, using too much, too often. Uh, with uh, abamectin, which is in divinim, uh, 
you know, it's also used as a, a worm medication in animals and things where they uh, against intestinal nematodes, roundworms and things like this, which have built up resistance to that chemistry. And so I'm sure plant parasitic nematodes would be similar. Uh, we've seen uh, mites and other things build up resistance to uh, uh, abamectin. Uh, the the uh, fluent sulfone, which is in the nimets, uh, that one is uh, kind of in its own chemical class. They're still working out a bunch of things with that, but I would, would worry about resistance in that as well. So okay. I think uh, rotating uh, and monitoring uh, are going to be key. You don't just keep using the same thing over and over and over. Uh, I have seen um, some courses that send me samples every year for you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I, I know one course in particular that has uh, used a lot of abamectin over the years. Yep. I would yep. say probably uh, more than what's legal, probably in some cases. <laughs> and, and, uh, we're and, not going to mention and, any names and, here. No, but, but, uh, but, 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 you know, where, where I can see now where the abamectin is not working. Really? Anymore. Okay. And, and so uh, now that's that we haven't gone through and proven exactly that. Sure. But, but I suspect these in these cases where yeah. it's some said, hey, you need to rotate off to something else here because I think you're building up resistance to these uh, sting nematodes. So. so as we're moving into the fall, Mm-hmm. What should one be thinking about, uh, Jason? And you know, jump in here if you'd like. What 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 kind of um, AI are we looking for as we move into the fall and the the early winter, and then into the mm-hmm. spring, and then do we rotate into something else? Well, uh, here in Florida, of course, the further south you get, the more everything is uh, geared toward winter time. Okay, so but even even North Florida, you, you want to go into winter with a healthy root system. Yeah. Okay, and so uh, you know I would sample probably in uh, early September, kind of see what nematodes I'm dealing with, and then uh, if you've got you know a fairly high risk of, of nematode issues, uh, you could treat and then go into the winter time with a healthy root system. If you get through the winter, and also you can come out in the spring a lot healthier as well. And so, for example, uh, I've gotten good results with treating with uh, uh, indemnify in the in the fall, and then having much improved grass coming out during the sea in the spring, or in South Florida carrying through that stress time when everybody's playing golf and you yeah, know, you want everything looking good down there. Too. And then, and we're also potentially deficient on natural rainfall, which sets you up for drought stress right, in right. the spring. But now, if you sample and find out I got a bunch of lance nematodes I'm worried about, then I wouldn't do fluopyram because that's one or the, the indemnify because that is one that doesn't work on that particular nematode. You probably would want to use one of the other chemistries that you're going to treat. So it depends on what nematode you're dealing with and what time of year it is. Like I mentioned, if you're if uh, if you're going in the summertime, then and you got root knot nematodes, you know, then you would want to use uh, you know one of the abamectin products. So if you're historically Sting and lance impacted indemnify type of applications in the fall and winter springish, and then divinem type product in the summer. Uh, yeah, 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 and uh, you know also like I mentioned, you know, and nimets can give good responses too. And uh, it does have some efficacy on lance nematodes. I wouldn't say it's great efficacy, but it has some. Yeah. And so uh, that's another thing you could put in there if you've got you know, lance nematodes uh, to help uh, 
help with those. Have you been familiar with Syngenta's combination that they're working research with the Divinamiselopra and Ballista? Yes. What has been your, I guess, observation of, of those applications? Uh, I think that uh, uh, putting the fungicides with abomectin can improve plant response. Okay. I, w- I won't, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've seen better nematode control, okay. but I can get better uh, turf response in some cases. Okay. Better whole hand, whole plant health type of response Correct. that, that complements anything that's going on with nematode mm-hmm. control. Correct. Perhaps. And yeah. I think but, I, dem- but I wouldn't say that those, I, I've, I've seen those actually yeah. improve efficacy on nematodes. So. And I think they demonstrated that with the original Avid launch with Heritage. Yes, and I've seen that with other fungicides okay. as well. We've done so things with, with okay. you know, abamectin along with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dacanil and with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Clearies, you know, okay. and different other uh, fungicides as well. And do you feel like that's, you're getting additional response out of the indemnify because of the fungicidal properties there as well? Well, you know, one of my graduate students is looking at interaction with nematodes and fungi, and, and nematodes can predispose grass to fungal pathogens. And so uh, it, 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 you're kind of hitting both mm-hmm. if, you know, sides of this. Uh, uh, sure. Th- these different pathogens, the nematodes and the fungi, that are impacting yep. your plant health. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, we generally get better, even even back with old chemistries. I did this back with Nemacure back in 2000. We did trials with uh, putting, uh, uh, you know, Heritage out with, with Nemacure. And in those trials, we got uh, better turf responses than we had with either the Nemacure by itself or the Heritage by itself. So, again, we're going back 20 years. We've seen, okay. seen that same thing, but combining the maticide and fungicide applications. Yeah, because we get some complementary effect there. Right. Okay, cool. Well, listen, we appreciate your time. Uh, this, we're, I think we're in a good position, much better than we were ten, five, ten years ago, perhaps. And there's new stuff coming. I'm, I'm excited. we got some really good new active ingredients we're working at, looking at with different companies. And, and so I think we're going to continue. Feel free to elaborate. No, I, 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 I can't do that. But, Feel free. Uh, but we are, again, we're looking at some new things also that really look good. So I think we'll have some new uh, arsenals. Could you uh, comment on the spectrum of control, these pot- no. potentially they're bringing them? <laughs> good try, Jason. Good try. Good try. It doesn't hurt to you know use a different uh, uh, angle there on those things. <laughs> Well, that's more, good. More to come on that. Yeah, more. <laughs> tune in for Thank the you. next episode of Turf, Turf Dudes podcast for that. But look, this is we're 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 in a much better position than probably we ever were. Would you say, or not ever, mm-hmm. but you know, better than we were five to ten years Absolutely. ago, perhaps. Uh, and there potentially are some new chemistries uh, headed our way. We, I think I think as you noted, we we need to think both about the counts. But also what we're observing on the surface and below ground, and consider a holistic approach to controlling the the nematodes, but also setting the plant up for success from a plant health perspective. And um, again, we we appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we look forward to your emerging research in the future. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Turf Dudes. Dr. Crow can be reached at wtcr at ufl.edu.
To send Dr. Schneider and the Herald's Turf Dudes team your questions or comments or to be featured on an upcoming episode, reach out to us at Turf Dudes on Twitter or by email to turfdudes at heralds.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play or tune in directly at www.turfdudes.com. Send your questions to at Turf Dudes on Twitter or by email at turfdudes at heralds.com. Turf Dudes is spelled T-U-R-P-H-D-U-D-E-S.